A man goes to a doctor and says he's been feeling tremendously sad. He says life seems hopeless and pointless, and he just felt so alone. And was there any cure for that? The doctor tells him the world's greatest clown Pagliacci is in town, and that the man should go see a show. That should cheer him up. The man then bursts into tears and says, "But doctor, I'm Pagliacci." Hello and welcome to this week's podcast episode about entertainment and mental health. The anecdote about Pagliacci is often told to illustrate the paradox of the sad clown. Why do so many great entertainers and comedians suffer from depression? Is there a connection between humor and mental illness? And what role does entertainment and media play in mental health? I talked to Nathan Santos to get his insights in these questions and more. Nathan is a professional host, magician, and all-around entertainer. He has also been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and is one of Keep Going Baguio's volunteer advocates. This is Lofi, and you're listening to episode nine of the Keep Going Baguio podcast. The show must go on. So we're here today with Nathan Santos, and we're going to be talking to him about entertainment and mental health. So hi there, Nathan. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here today. So first of all, can you tell us about yourself and your background in the entertainment industry? Okay. So I'm Nathan Santos, and I started out as an events host here in Baguio back in September 1, 2014. And then a couple of years after that, I went on to being a magician and an uh, animal trainer here as part of my act for kids' parties. So I've been in the industry for six years professionally. But prior to that, I was like doing you know, street magic you know, as a hobby. Aside from doing events here in Baguio, I still like do some shows in Manila from time to time and also of course out of Baguio and I'm a member of the Magicians Foundation Incorporated the biggest and oldest magic group here in the Philippines so sila na yung parang naging established na haligi ng kiddie park entertainment industry here in the Philippines in which we are also celebrating our 30th anniversary this year So you said you also did street magic before. So saan ka nag-ano, nag-street magic? It started out as like a stress reliever lang back in college because my friends back in college, they were like magicians. They were like doing card magic, street magic. Kasi that was the time na usong-uso si David Blaine. Yeah. Uh, ganyan nun, di ba? All of them were doing magic. Then syempre, I was like no OP. So sige na, I'll start learning magic na rin. And we started performing like 
street magic in school or the campus and then like pupunta kami SM Baguio we're like going to like perform to strangers tapos yung pinapalayas kami ng <laughs> ng guard kasi bawal daw yun tapos bawal daw cards sa ano sa SM so dyan naman po namin binili sa Ace Hardware yung cards eh so gano'n so nag-start yung gano'n ah parang ano siya no peer pressure pero in a good way kasi yes, natutunan so. no, something like this, the craft of magic and entertainment. Oh. Okay, so let's talk naman about mental health and how it relates to entertainment. So in your case, how does being an entertainer affect your mental health and also vice versa? So how does your mental health affect your being an entertainer? I was first diagnosed with depression a couple of years back which turns out was I already had depression when I was 13 years old. And then when I got another consultation, it turns out I had bipolar disorder. So let's first talk about now how my mental health affects my life as an entertainer. So of course, as we all know, bipolar disorder is like depressive and then like mania. So when, of course, when you're having depressive episodes, it takes it takes a toll on your it takes a toll on me professionally because it becomes harder to be on stage because it feels like uh, I'm like dragging everything and parang you lose all sight of why I'm an entertainer in the very first place na parang the only reason I'm there is because I'm paid na eh. I can't yeah. say no na so I just have to get through it and it feels more like Na I'm just acting na lang. I'm no longer like the entertainer. I'm just like an actor pretending to be an entertainer. The whole act doesn't feel genuine for me anymore. And of course, with the manic episodes, it's great because it can be very productive. It's like a complete 180. You're a little more into the performance. You're a little more into making people happy. I, I think I go the extra mile when it comes to performing for people. I would like accept like two to three shows in a single day if mm. the opportunity permits itself. Because I feel like it doesn't matter. I'll be able to do this even if I haven't eaten the whole day. Ang tawag nga namin, al-tanghap. Kasi almusal tanghalian hapunan in one go na lang after all the shows. So, yun. Sometimes, syempre, you you run on adrenaline and having a, and having like a hypomanic episode. It just fuels you plus you're more productive when you're like not having shows because I think of other things to do for my shows I think of like other tricks yeah, so and uh, so vice versa naman, diba? with regards to how entertainment how, how being an entertainer affects my mental health well it's very therapeutic for me because like yeah it's hard when you're having depressive episode but when you're also in that moment there is also that feeling na you're making all these people happy and they're all laughing. They're all enjoying the moment. No matter how much I feel down, it preps me up now. Even just for like a couple of hours, I completely forget about my depression because I'm so focused on entertaining people and people like loving what I'm doing, people enjoying, people laughing. And of course, I end up enjoying it too. I end up laughing too because... Uh, I feel like when I'm on stage, when I'm performing, there's intimate connection between each and every person on the audience because I talk to them, I'm like performing to them, I'm opening up this whole part of me that 
I don't normally show to a lot of people. Well, technically, I do show it to a lot of people. <laughs> but, you know, I don't normally, I'm not normally that person. Right. How being an entertainer affects your mental health negatively naman siguro. I don't think being an entertainer has had any negative effects on, uh, like major negative effects on my health as an entertainer. But of course, mm-hmm. there there are still those moments na when you're like having a depressive episode and you're an entertainer and you see people having shows and you're not like getting any shows. But at the same time, the reason you're not getting shows is because you're not accepting shows. But mm-hmm. of when you're like having a depressive episode, your reasoning goes out of the window. Na. So... Kumbaga yung kanta sa Lion King, Tiga tunnel, dig, dig, You keep digging the tunnel na. Just so you could keep justifying yourself. Like, you're, you're worthless. You're, so yeah, it happens na parang. You have this like insecurities. You have like this jealousy. But aside from that, wala naman talaga yung like major negative effects of being an entertainer. You are very open about your uh, mental health. You're having bipolar disorder. So, ano yung mga consider mo muna? Like being an entertainer. Like what made you decide to be open about your mental health while having siguro mga doubts then about how it might affect your career. Yun, siempre kasi the entertainment industry. So show business. Sabi nga nung song na ginawa ng a magician friend of mine, magikerong Pilipino, artistang hindi kilala. Technically, we are artists and we are like artista talaga kasi we go to shows, some people know us, you know, we're very public person. And syempre, as a public person, when I first was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, like yung depression na tanggap ko pa kasi nung una. So sige ka ako yan. Yeah, I, I understand why I would, why I would that. I'll show it. Turns out I had depression. And then I was very like quiet about it talaga. The only people knew were like my online friends who were very close to me or like not even my family, not even like anyone. Because syempre, the entertainment industry is kind of very cutthroat, syempre. Yeah. I guess with any industry naman eh, there are those like who would really use anything to, you know, like go above you they're just like mm-hmm. what you done I guess that comes with any kind of job you take or any anything you do but yeah it started out na I was really afraid to like let people find out because of, of course uh, why would you hire someone na society sees as someone who is crazy someone society sees as very unstable when someone has a mental illness, the first thing that comes to your mind is, you know, those people who are shouting, like, uh, uh, streets, yeah. or like, yung mga, yung mga ganun, yung, the typical, the typical, like, Filipino view of someone who has a mental illness. I felt like, yeah, I need to keep this under the wraps, kasi, if people find out about this, my career might crumble. People might, you know, people who d- don't like me might use this very much against me. Yeah. But yeah, there came a time na when I was like asking for help na because like I wanted to find a psychiatrist here in Baguio, but I was very much afraid to ask for help from anyone because I was like, what, in my first or second year of my career, I was just starting out, mm-hmm. a couple of hotels knew me, so I didn't know who to talk to. So I'm glad like I accidentally came across the 
Baguio Mental Health Support Group. And meeting people with uh, with those through meeting uh, Manong Ari and Chelsea, being great friends with Chelsea. And they kind of inspired me na they're very much open with their struggles. And maybe I'm just overthinking things. So, and then one day I decided na maybe I should be open with it na lang. Because I believe that the first step to recovery is acceptance. If somebody's like listening to this and they think, wow, does, does it mean I have to be open about it when I accept it? No, no, no. It's, that, that doesn't mean you have to like be very open about it. Acceptance is just, yeah, accepting and acknowledging that you actually have a mental illness and there's nothing wrong with having one. So after meeting them, I decided that, yeah, maybe I should be open about it. And if people have a problem with that, nah, they wouldn't want someone like me on their shows then then i thought na the problem really isn't with me it's mm-hmm. the problem is with the people the problem is the lack of information the lack of understanding which also comes to the reason why now i'm very very much open with having a mental illness because right now i'm a mental health advocate and since i went through a lot of hardships i went through a lot of the judgment the stigma all that that was included when I was starting out with having a mental illness. I wanted to now fight for the people who were like, who couldn't speak out, you know, who didn't, didn't know how to put it into words. And I felt like I had this duty now as someone who is a public person that I already have this means of educating people. I already have this avenue to let people know that, yes, I have a mental illness. And so what? I'm still pretty much a functional member of the society. Much more functional than... <laughs> at that age, I'm much more productive and much more functional than other people. So, yun. I guess the fear was clouded with the fact that I put this responsibility on myself. Yeah. I really have to let people understand that there's nothing wrong with having a mental illness. And we're pretty much just like you. We're just wired differently. Yeah. So it's great that you can use your platform kumbaga, of uh, being an entertainer, but also use it for mental health advocacy. And uh, so there is an old saying that goes, laughter is the best medicine. So what are your thoughts on it? Laughter is the best medicine. One of the biggest cliches na natin mm. yan eh, na. And yeah, I think for someone like me, it really helped a lot because even my like you know psychiatrist and my like psychotherapist said na it's amazing that na how you, no, no matter how like i feel this overwhelming amount of like depression i still am able to like go on stage and make people laugh it helps me out mentally and like i guess scientifically speaking like laughing and literally just enjoying things smiling releases a lot of serotonin on your brain Sometimes just the act of smiling itself helps you get through a lot of things. Now, uh, when people like know about my, you know, the story of my life when I was a child, some people like tell me na I have this teleserie buhay daw talaga kasi with everything that happened. It, it's amazing how I'm still able to keep on smiling and and now keep uh, making people smile because yeah, at the end of the day no matter how like dark life can be if you can smile 
you know, there's still this hope. As long as you can smile, you can still have hope that everything is going to get better. Now, whatever you are experiencing right now, there's still a tomorrow and you still have, there's still a sunrise that's coming up and you have to face that sunrise with, you know, a smile on your face because that sunrise may be an indication that this is your time now. This is the darkness. It's now over. So yeah, laughter or like laughter is one of the greatest medicines, especially for someone, you know, who feels down. Yeah. Also, meron yung tinatawag nila na ano, diba? Laughter yoga. <laughs> oh, yes, diba? Oo, laughter yoga. We tried it noon sa Manila. Si, si Kate's from ADSP kasi she, mm. she underwent training for laughter yoga. And then she sort of gave us a taste of it. Tapos parang, Oh nga, parang nakakagaan talaga na mm. even though like you're you're not really laughing about anything, pero yung fact na tumatawa ka tapos makita mo yung katabi mo na tumatawa, parang it's also light and happy. Kasi you know, aside from being a magician, I studied mentalism because you know, mentalism is like an aspect of magic na you're like the mind reading or like using psychology and all that. And being a mentalist is like part of it is like uh, like studying psychology, reading human body language. That's where I learned na, kasi di ba we have this statement na, I think therefore I am. Yeah. Uh, yes, it, it, it does apply, but not really because sometimes what you do physically actually affects what you do mentally. Now, like, for example, uh, there was an exercise nga in a, in, in a book I read na how to read people's minds na ano, magkunot ka ng noo, tapos you hold a fist na like super, yung parang galit na fist, kahit hindi ka galit. Eventually, if you keep that for like a couple of minutes, mamaya makikita mo na iinis ka na rin, naiirita ka na. Kasi according to like psychology, what you do physically can actually affect what you do uh, mentally. Kaya the mere act of doing laughter yoga will actually affect your uh, mental state. Kasi nga, you're laughing, you're like, you're tricking your brain, technically. You're tricking yeah. your brain. Okay. The, all the physical responses are telling me that I'm happy. So, I might actually be happy right now. So, mm-hmm. parang ganon. Ayang galing. Oo nga kasi, usually, di ba, we think uh, na how we are feeling inside, yun yung na-project sa outside. Mm-hmm. But pwede din na uh, what we are projecting will affect what we are thinking. So, mm-hmm. galing. <laughs> okay. So, there are like many successful entertainers and comedians who are also known to be suffering or have suffered from depression. So like uh, Robin Williams, Jim Carrey. So this kind of gives credence to what they call like smiling depression or yung sad clown paradox. So what do you think is the link between humor or comedy and depression? Uh, that's a very good question because... Uh, a lot of the people I look up to, you know, like Robin Williams, Kara Fisher, may their souls rest in peace. They're like amazing entertainers. They know how to make people laugh. You know how to make like in their interviews or like when they're doing stand up. Turns out some of them like had bipolar disorder. Some of them had actually were like suffering through depression. And I feel like there's also this cliche that uh, when you have this very very tragic life you're great at doing comedy talaga. 
especially in the stand-up world. I remember Daniel Sloss, uh, an English comedian. On his stand-up, he was like saying that he did not have any struggles when he was a child. So it was, it was hard for him to be a comedian. He didn't have this very dark past that would help him <laughs> become a great comedian because a lot <laughs> of the great comedians had very, very dark past. Yeah. And yeah, so I feel that because I was born well off and then my whole family's business crashed. So from being, you know, upper class became borderline low middle class. And then, you know, I lost my parents early and all that had depression. But uh, I feel like a lot of the times, the people who are really good at making people laugh, the real reason behind it is because we know how it feels to be truly unhappy. I'm not saying uh, this applies to everyone. I can't speak for Robin Williams. They're the greats. I don't know what they did. I'm speaking in my own experiences. The reason why I feel like I'm good at making people laugh is because I know how it feels to be unhappy. I know how it feels to be in that very, very dark side. And I kind of work a little harder or like I go the extra mile more than other people because I don't want people to reach that. And as long as I keep on giving laughter, I can make people forget about their problems. I can make people forget about, you know, even just for a couple of hours. And also because that during those very dark times, the only salvation that I had was making myself laugh. Because if you can't make yourself laugh, even in the darkest times, you can't make other people laugh. And if you can't make yourself laugh, even on the darkest times, then you'd easily lose hope. I feel like a lot of the times, those great comedians, no matter the circumstances, no matter how dark their life can be, they still had this moment where they made themselves laugh. Even if someone who is in that very dark place can make themselves laugh, then it's going to be easier to make people who are not in that same situation laugh. That's why, you know, a lot of the times these comedians are very self-depreciating. Their stories are about the stupid things that they did or like the, uh, the mistakes that they made. And like when they tell stories, they usually like make themselves the, the butt of the joke. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's happening to like a group of people, they still make it somehow that bad thing happened to them but they still made the laugh about it. I feel like most of the times those who go through a lot of dark times it became our coping mechanism to make ourselves laugh. That also turned out to be a great skill for making other people laugh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me of another podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It's called The Hilarious World of Depression. It's based in the US. And then they interview comedians and entertainers who have depression. Ang ganda nung mga discussion din nila doon. Like, uh, like what you are saying, why, why a lot of them are funny and uh, the material they use yung sariling life nila and their own dark experiences but they somehow man- managed to turn it into something entertaining and funny. You probably know the classic symptoms of depression. Sadness, fatigue, lethargy, 
low mood, hopelessness, loss of interest in things. But did he know that a person can look perfectly fine, appearing happy and content to everyone around him or her, even to close friends and family, and at the same time be suffering from depression? Some call it smiling depression, although that phrase is not used by mental health professionals. The closest recognized medical term is atypical depression, and according to the study, depression with atypical features, diagnostic validity, prevalence, and treatment by Dr. Frederick Quitkin. Up to 40% of people suffering from depression appear happy and upbeat on the outside, but feel low and hopeless on the inside. Why do people mask their depression with a smile? It may be for a variety of reasons, such as fearing judgment, not wanting to burden others, and wanting to protect their careers. Smiling depression is especially worrying because it can go undetected and may worsen over time. Also, the risk of suicide may be higher. Someone with the classic symptoms of depression may lack the energy to create a plan and follow through. But individuals with smiling depression are high-functioning and likelier to act on their suicidal thoughts. So, how can we combat smiling depression? The first step is to be aware that this condition exists. Depression indeed has many faces, even smiling ones. I hid my depression for two years, but through proper treatment and a good support system, the smile on my face now matches how I feel on the inside. If you or someone you know is experiencing symptoms of depression, but are hiding it from everyone else, please know that help is available and that there is always hope for getting better. And what can you say about how mental health is portrayed in entertainment or media culture, specifically here in the Philippines? So when it comes to, uh, let's say, books, movies, or TV shows, what can you say about how mental health is portrayed? Okay, about that. Uh, considering we've actually made strides, we've done more about educating people about mental health in this pandemic alone than we've done in the past mm. few years. Let's be honest about that. Especially, we're coming from a very religious-centric country where a majority is Roman Catholic. I also came from a devout Catholic family, so I think I can speak from experience about this. That I was 13 years old when I was showing signs of depression already. But we, of course, during those teen years, a lot of people think that it's just teen angst and it's just the effect of you know my mom just dying. So I'm, I was very irritable. I was angry at everything. I was like shutting myself out. A lot of the times, we just shrug having a mental illness off as kulang kalang sa dasal. I'm not trying to, you know, invalidate the efforts of religion to help someone with a mental illness. Pero that was like a part of the stigma when I was like experiencing it growing up. So I've noticed this Pandemic has greatly emphasized on the need for mental health. And now, let's go before the pandemic. Before that, most of the time, the media, especially here in the Philippines, when it comes to mental illnesses, 
like in teleseries, the very first thing I would think of pag may sinabing nagka-problema sa utak is amnesia. That's yes. one of the cliches. Nagka-amnesia. Or like, multiple personality disorder pero hindi siya fully diagnosed ng multiple personality disorder but rather a character trait. Yeah, so, ganyan mga preterian. Or the worst kind, the baliw. That has always been the typical view of anyone who has a mental illness. About the baliws, yung tumatawid sumisigaw, you know, those kinds of things. But lately, I've seen a lot of strides with regards to Philippine media. Because even like during the whole week, I've seen like religious programs finally accepting that having a mental illness is real. Depression is real. Nah, it's not just prayer that you need. Prayer will help you. But there are other things that you would need to help you cope. And also, I've seen shows like, I think it was Magpakailanman. They featured a story about someone who has a mental illness. This past few years alone, when a lot of people have been uh, been very open about their mental illness, which I guess I'm thankful for. I guess Kylie Versosa, I think she's the only one I really know who's very, very much open with it, about having a mental illness, right? And she openly speaks about it. I think the Magpakailanman episode was just like, like last year. And now, more and more people are starting to understand. I guess it also comes with the change of the de- generation because a lot of the younger people now are very much more aware about their mental health and now they they want to educate more people about it compared you know to the boomer generation or like the millennials the gen z's plus we now have this mental health bill right this mental oh law mental health law and that alone shows that people are now understanding that this is something real and i think people are still afraid generally in media to tackle it because yeah i guess this is still a very new subject for them but considering a decade ago to now, the media is now actually handling it uh, better. I've seen documentaries about, you know, someone who has like bipolar disorder, someone who's like depression. And it's amazing that people are starting to be more understanding now. Also thanks to media itself in the Philippines. And more and more, they stray away from the stereotypical baliw now. The more the media strays away from that generalization, the more people will be understanding and the more people will be receptive to asking for help. So there's some improvement naman from years ago. Baka ano, kumukuha na sila ng like, psychologist or yes. psychiatrist na consultant yeah, on their shows <laughs> para they could portray oh. mental illness or give give justice to how they portray mm-hmm. mental illness. May cancel culture na ngayon na usong-uso. So, syempre, pag maling portrayal, baka, baka yun din. Baka yun din isang naging fueling factor. And, I think this just happened a couple of years ago, diba? Yun, like, in Eat Bulaga. And mm, yes. Props to Mean Mendoza na she called him out and then, you know, educated him about depression. And the following day, Joy DeLeon apologized and said, it is... The lack of information is ignorance about depression itself. And that itself is amazing because it just shows how ill-informed people really are about all these things. And once we use that, you know, use the media in itself to inform people, then we'd have less people, you know, judging and, you know, making those very 
unsavory remarks about people with mental illnesses, especially in you know social media. So of course he's such a well-known parang haligi ng entertainment dito sa Philippines but it's so important to have someone to stand up to yung mga ano misconceptions about mental illness so nga talaga ano si Maine Mendoza buti nandoon siya at nag uh, speak up siya on that topic okay so this will be our uh, last Part. And so, Nathan, one of the worst hit sectors during this COVID-19 pandemic is the live events industry. So without a doubt, it's one of the worst hit. Uh, so can you tell us about the struggles of those working in this industry, so including yourself, and how can people help? Thank you for taking this into light because, yeah, the live events industry is definitely one of the hardest hit because nobody is allowed to have mass gatherings in a majority of us makes a living by, you know, going to mass gatherings, hosting, like performing and all that. And it's like, we're kind of one of the most neglected right now because uh, there isn't really any contingency plans about what will happen to events. And yeah, we do understand that because what matters most now is to end this pandemic or at least manage it. But it's just, it just hurts now. Sometimes society like um, makes it, it's our fault that we were in an industry that was very, uh, how you say, volatile. Because it's a freelancing industry. And like some of us have no, you know, day jobs to supplement this. But my uh, rebuttal to that is nobody expected this. This is a whole pandemic. But yeah. The struggles right now is, yeah, we're not sure when we can go back to doing doing this thing that we love. Because I know I speak for a majority of the people in the entertainment industry. We got into this not because of monetary reasons, not because of we want to be famous, but we want to pursue our passions. Singing, performing, hosting, being on stage, or like me, being a magician. This was our passion. This happened to turn into our jobs. And with the uncertainty of this whole pandemic thing, the uncertainty of when can we get a vaccine, when will the government allow it, like even small gatherings, I feel like this might last for quite a while. And I guess for a lot of the entertainers or people in the live events industry, a lot of us right now, are looking for like, you know, jobs they can do till the events come back. But the problem I see there is once they've established those jobs, everybody will have this dilemma now. Am I going to leave my job to go back to my passion? Or do I just stay this? Because right now I feel like people will be paranoid, especially people in the live events industry. What if this happens again? Maybe we should reconsider our choices but I myself will definitely be going back to the entertainment industry right after this no questions asked because like I said it's my passion this has already changed society as a whole but this will change live events moving forward even more because we might lose a lot of you know entertainers we might lose a lot of performers because they couldn't support themselves during this pandemic so that is what was very heartbreaking for me, this whole ordeal that, that people kind of have forgotten us. Uh, this might sound like a little too off to some people, but 
we were there when people needed someone to make them happy. Or like we spent our whole lives to entertain a lot of people. We devoted our, our lives to people. And right now, we're not even a crossroad. We're in a dense forest with fog and we're not sure where our future is headed to. And I'm just glad that there are, you know, those groups here in Baguio, specifically, you know, the Baguio Wedding Suppliers Group had this fundraising campaign for Baguio event workers. So they were like asking for donations and they're very transparent about it. There are these groups in Facebook right now, like the Give to Baguio Event Workers and the Baguio La Trinidad Freelance Work Freelance Event Workers Movement who've been going the extra mile, like asking for donations and giving, you know, relief goods, donations to people like me who in the entertainment industry who have no work right now. So I'm glad for them. So let me just say their names again. So if anybody is listening to this and you're, you work in the entertainment industry and you might need help, please do look up on Facebook, you know, the Baguio La Trinidad Freelance Event Workers Movement or Give to Baguio Event Workers. So these are all public on Facebook. You can go ahead and join the groups and maybe register as one of their beneficiaries to receive some relief codes. And also, if you do have some extra money or you have some things you could donate, please, you can go ahead and contact those. And right now, I just also want to say thank you to everyone who has been helping out the events industry here in Baguio, to everyone who was our clients in the past. Thank you, guys. And to my fellow entertainers, so to my fellow workers in the event industry, I know that we can get through this. It might take a while. I know it will definitely take a while, but we can all get through this. The city itself, it's getting back on its feet slowly. And I'm looking forward to the day that, you know, we can go ahead and have gatherings again and we can go back to doing the things that we truly love. Good. So, yes, and we'll put a link in the description of the podcast so we can link the pages that you mentioned so people can visit it and donate and see how they how else they could help. Do you have any final words? First of all, thank you very much for letting me be part of Keep Going Bagger. And it has truly helped me out in my advocacy with mental health. So I just want to say thank you. To keep going back, you for like, you know, letting me host your events and you know be part of you guys. And I guess my parting words is pretty much not just people in the entertainment industry to anyone who has a mental illness. I just want to say that you are not alone. And if you feel like you know your life doesn't matter, your life matters. And a lot of people are here willing to help you out if you need help. So thanks again so much, Nathan, for sharing all your thoughts and insights and experiences for being very open about mental health because I feel like you are really making a difference uh, when it comes to awareness and inspiring other people. The ability to entertain and make people happy is truly special something we need more of now more than ever. But let's not turn a blind eye to the very real struggles of those in the entertainment industry. There is no medical consensus on the link between humor and depression, and we certainly don't want to romanticize mental illness by saying it could make great comedians out of people. 
But what is important to note is that no one is immune to depression. Not even the ones who seem the funniest or the happiest. So check on your friends. Or better yet, normalize mental health issues. Have conversations, educate yourself in your community, support grassroots efforts, and like Nathan, use your platform to spread awareness and destigmatize mental illness so that no one will ever feel compelled to hide their true emotions. I now leave you with the song Pagliacci, composed by Rhett Miller and performed by yours truly. This has been Luffy for Keep Going Bakya. Thank you for listening. Say I'm a sad clown Tell me something